Hi everyone and welcome to Teeth and Tales. I'm your host Dr. Shadi Manucheri and today's episode is all about the link between gum disease and overall health. I'm so excited and actually honoured to welcome Dr. Malaki on the show to discuss this topic. For those of you that don't know, Dr. Malaki is a consultant in periodontology and um, she was actually my consultant when I was training at Guy's Hospital after I graduated. Dr. Malaki and I have a very in-depth conversation about the impact of nutritional deficiencies, diabetes and cardiovascular disease on gum health. We also talk about how hormonal changes can actually affect our gums, so anything from the hormonal changes that we experience during puberty, pregnancy and even during that time of the month for females. I really hope you enjoy this episode and let's get into it. Hi, Dr. Malaki. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. It's a a great privilege uh, to be having a conversation with you, Shadi. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and how you got here, please? So um, I'm a a specialist periodontist. I uh, trained at Guy's Hospital in 2007 and got my training in 2010 completed, um, after which I applied to become one of the first uh, consultants in uh, the um, monospecialist field of periodontology. Uh, And I've been working there uh, part-time since 2014 as a consultant. I have also been a clinical lead of the Department of Periodontology at Guy's Hospital in 2017 in late 2017 and i have recently stepped down from that position to pursue other um, carry pathways um, i'm also a part-time uh, specialist in uh, two private practices um, in and outside of uh, london so i'm also before i forget a co-founder of um, Per Academy, which is a very popular um, course um, of, um, for aimed at both uh, dentists and hygienists, where me and my colleague, uh, Dr. Hatem Al-Grafi, um, train them uh, to improve their um, knowledge and experience and clinical practices in the field of periodontology. Lovely. And I can speak from personal experience that you're a very good teacher and mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry you had to deal with me on clinic a few years ago, guys. I hope I wasn't <laughs> too disappointing. <laughs> um, could you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to pursue a career in a perio- periodontology specialty? Sure. Um, when I was working, I mean, after I had my um, um, dental degree um, in Sheffield and I was working in different dental practices, I found that there wasn't much awareness of gum disease um, among uh, patients specifically. And it wasn't at the time that known about sort of what causes gum disease and how to keep up with, you know, effective oral hygiene. And that sort of interested me because a few times that I was carrying out just the normal routine uh, oral hygiene instructions, as well as carrying out um, periodontal treatments, uh, 
the responses that I was seeing in the patient's gums was so amazing and I was so impressed and this was what actually inspired me to go into that field it was mainly because there was a lack of awareness of that um, sort of very important condition Mm -hmm. and it's just uh, now that we are seeing the strong associations between gum disease or periodontitis and other uh, systemic conditions Mm-hmm. And having worked as a general dentist as well as a specialist, what, how would you say the stresses of the job uh, sort of compare for you? Which which did you find more stressful? I think uh, I think that each one of them have got their own stresses in their own needs. Um, with with the with my specialty, it's not more stress. I would say it's more challenging because at the end of the day, I am the one who's more or less responsible to managing the patient, especially when the patient is referred to me by dentist or hygienist. They rely on you as a specialist to give your opinion and to provide the best care. So mm-hmm. from that point of view, I guess the responsibility and the challenging is way different than being in a general dentist but but, uh, as mentioned um, general dentists I think they've got their own um, challenges in their own means as well we are sort of just micro into just how should I say it just into that field Mm -hmm. and for us to spend three to four years to train in that just shows how important that uh, condition is. Uh, I mean, this field is and the conditions are associated with it. Yeah, absolutely. And you have, as well as being uh, an incredible consultant in, in Perio, you have a very young family as well. So how do you manage your family life with your work life and having this responsibility and, and the job? Yes, so um, I have two children, um, one who's just turned five and the youngest one, younger one is um, 15 months. And uh, as mentioned, I work three days at the hospital and um, also work privately. It's not easy. And I think one of the things that I learned being a consultant and also a clinical lead was time management and delegation. And I think uh, you tend to sort of learn with time and as you get older or more mature, how to be able to get your priorities right and what's important. And um, I have days where, um, I mean, you know me that, and I think a lot of um, dentists and colleagues know that I'm usually a very positive, optimistic, and full of energy person. I think a lot of patients that also have seen me or been treated by myself at the hospital mainly uh, have noted that. So um, I all every day wake up with such a positivity and optimism. Um, and that helps me a lot in way how I plan my day. Um, I, I have put both of my kids uh, since a very young age, uh, below age of one in the nursery. And that's because, to be honest, I have to have this balance. I can't be that type of person to always be looking after kids. And at the same time, I can't just be work, work, work. So I have to have a bit of both to keep me sane.
So let's talk about gum disease and its link with overall health. There is a very strong association between overall well-being and gum health. Could you just tell us a little bit about what gum disease is, just in a nutshell? So gum disease uh, sort of encompasses a lot of conditions. But the two main ones that we tend to see uh, sort of in practice or in mainly in the practice or the more common one that we see in the hospital is periodontitis. So we've got gingivitis, periodontitis. I'm going to concentrate more on periodontitis because this is the the condition where the fibers that supports the tooth and connects it to the bone and the supporting structures is broken down. And unfortunately, when this happens due to plaque, mainly due to bacterial load, it's an irreversible condition. So I cannot bring back the fibers that has been lost unless it's in very specific cases. And for patients to get to that stage, obviously it's a chronic disease. It's an inflammatory disease. So the problem is that the symptoms that patients might present with, and it's not every time, it might just be something like bleeding. And bear in mind that patients who are smokers might not present with any symptoms, the main one being bleeding. And that's because unfortunately, uh, smoking tends to restrict the blood vessel flow. And um, patients might present with tissues that are very thick. So unfortunately, sometimes as dentists or hygienists, uh, these areas might get underprobed or undiagnosed because it's really hard to be able to detect to detect these cases. So it's an inflammatory chronic disease and it's usually when it's advanced that you know it could a patient might present with the symptoms such as mobility so that's when the teeth tend to move, gum receding, gaps between the teeth, very rarely pain. So usually the first symptom could be bleeding. And one of the things that we need to be aware of is that periodontitis is the major and the most common chronic inflammatory disease in the world. Uh, It might be something that uh, a lot of people might not be aware of, but that is uh, the fact. Um, So 80% of the population might have some form of it, such as mild to moderate. But there are the low percentage, sort of 1% or below that, that have it in a severe form. And usually these patients either have a genetic susceptibility or an underlying medical condition or deficiency that sometimes they might not even be aware of it, which is why as health professionals, it's very important for us to be able to diagnose. And again, it's very important as patients that um, they attend to their dentist on a regular basis for checkups so that it could be diagnosed and detected at an early stage before it's too late. Yeah, absolutely. I think the most important thing is that gum disease is is very common, periodontitis, and it's not a condition that would sort of flare up with pain or any major symptoms to begin with. So patients often when they find out they have this condition, they're often quite surprised if they haven't seen the dentist for a while, which is why it's so important for them to go regularly to have their gums checked and have it treated when it's in the early stages. Because as you said, it's, it's irreversible damage to the gum and it's, in most cases, we can't sort of bring back the, the bone and the supporting structures that have been lost. So let's focus uh, more about the link between gum disease and overall health and well-being. You mentioned there are certain health conditions and deficiencies that may make you a bit more prone to gum disease. Um, so w- what are those conditions? 
Okay, so uh, as mentioned, uh, periodontitis is an inflammatory disease. So if you think about it, there's a lot of inflammatory conditions that are present out there, um, uh, chronic such as diabetes, heart conditions, rheumatoid arthritis. These are just one of some, a few of the other conditions. And there has been links between periodontitis and these conditions. There has been over 30 years of research but the thing is that with these researches, some of them, there have, they have shown a strong link or sort of a significant relationship. And the main one where this robust relationship has been found is between periodontitis and diabetes. Now, this is a very, very important, again, it's something that probably a lot of people are not aware of. So studies have shown that patients who present with advanced periodontitis, if they are non-diabetic, there, there is an increase in their blood sugar levels. And if they are diabetic, there's an increase, uh, sort of, uh, there's an, again, an increase in their blood sugar uh, and uh, it sort of gets out of control, which is why as health professionals, it's very important that if it, uh, periodontitis, if, we if it's diagnosed, that sort of we treat it as soon as possible. And there has also been studies showing that if periodontitis is managed, then there is a reduction in the blood sugar levels, okay? However, diabetes has got other risk factors involved, same as periodontitis, such as body weight, smoking, stress levels. There's also the genetic susceptibility. And some of these factors are modifiable, so it's in our hands to control, such as smoking such as diet, whereas others is sort of out of our control and this is sort of our immune system or genetic background. So the things that we can control, we have to try and see if we can modify it to reduce the effect of, um, you know, the periodontitis, the effect of it that it might have on the sugar levels. So when patients have, a patient could present with periodontitis and it's very important for us as professionals to see that these patients should be tested for blood sugar levels. Because even if they don't have diabetes, if it shows that they have an increased level, we don't know if somewhere down the line they might develop diabetes or not. So I'll go into that later um, on uh, to discuss it. But uh, that that's a very important link, link that it's very important for dentists uh, sorry and patients to be aware of the significant relationship between periodontitis and diabetes so periodontitis affects diabetes and likewise uncontrolled diabetes can worsen periodontitis and before they used to say that this is just in type 2 diabetes sort of those who are aged 40 and over but now they're also saying that it's the same, more or less similar in also type one. So younger, um, younger group and children as well. Yeah. And it's um, one of those things, that, as you said, not many people know this. So they might be struggling with their diabetes if it's poorly controlled. They might be on multiple medication for their diabetes. But actually, if they have untreated periodontitis, if they treat the gum disease, they can often sort of improve their diabetes and make it a bit more well controlled and even sometimes um, 
it that might affect their medication so instead of being on two medication for their diabetes that might reduce that so that's very important for people to know and it's it's a very good example of when there is a direct link between oral health and overall health which i think can sometimes be ignored uh, by patients and it's important for other health professionals like gps uh, to know this as well as well as for dentists to know the link uh, of overall health there have been cases where the patient has um, for example presented with a periodontitis and we have uh, i have sent them for a blood test and i will come back to this blood test later on and the patient has come back with a borderline, you know, their uh, glycemic uh, blood HbA1c that's been on the borderline. And once, once they've had the periodontal treatment, they've gone into sort of the normal zone below, below 9% uh, of HbA1c. So it's very, very important because even though you might not have the signs or symptoms of diabetes, the fact that there is periodontitis might be sort of a, uh, a, a way warning of sign. knowing. Yes, a warning sign that there might be an underlying issue um, regarding your, uh, the blood sugar levels. There's also a link between gum health and hormonal changes, particularly in women. Um, and I didn't know this. And when, it, when I did learn about it, it actually made a lot of things make sense for me. So what kind of uh, effect do hormonal changes and imbalances have on gum health, particularly in women? Yes, so um, the hormonal level could affect on many levels. It could be um, during puberty or during pregnancy that we can see, especially in pregnancy, that we can see a change sort of in the estrogen progesterone levels. And all of this affects the inflammatory responses and the immune response. And within the mouth, what these patients could um, see is an increase in their bleeding. So obviously, if the oral hygiene is not optimal is not great they will see more bleeding they also might notice that the gums are a little bit more swollen now the thing is that is why again it's so crucial and important for ladies who are sort of pregnant or planning to get pregnant to see their dentist or hygienist on a regular basis so that if there is any evidence of any signs or symptoms of periodontitis it has to be managed soon enough because otherwise trying to manage this during pregnancy you know with multiple visits and as you're aware probably we have to be careful with the dosage of radiographs we take and the local anesthesia it might make things a little bit more tricky but as you correctly mentioned the main signs that these patients would tend to get is bleeding and also uh, swelling around the gums so it could get a bit puffy and in some cases patients might develop something like an it's called an epulis or a granuloma and that's where there's a localized swelling that suddenly these ladies might might um, notice and the swelling could get quite big and it can cause drifting between the teeth or spacing sometimes these swellings could reduce after giving birth so we tend to, in these cases, if the patient develops it during pregnancy, to just monitor it and deal with it and manage it post, um, uh, uh, you know, once a baby is uh, born. Yeah, that's um, actually, an epilus is, is, it looks quite scary and I've seen it a few times now. And it's important to know that it still 
as a reaction of the gums to the plaque levels. It's just that the gums are a little bit more hyper-responsive during this time because of the uh, increase in the circulating estrogen progesterone levels. Uh, your gums are a bit more sensitive and hyper-responsive to this level of plaque. So uh, the same oral hygiene you may have had before might not be sufficient during pregnancy. And it's, it's important to know that uh, this could also be um, you know, something that you see perhaps just before the time of the month that doesn't have to be pregnancy. So a lot of ladies okay. might notice this. Um, and I've seen a lot of patients who come in and they say, well, I've never had bleeding from my gums. I take very good care of my teeth. But suddenly over the last few days, I've noticed that my gums are sore. They're bleeding a little bit more. And I often ask that question, you know, what is it the time of the month? And it's, it's usually the answer is yes. So that's very important to know um, that it's normal. Obviously, try and be very meticulous with your oral hygiene routine, but it is kind of normal around that time to experience changes. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, patients might present, as you mentioned, with a bit more elevated bleeding than uh, usual around this time. So as well as diabetes, there is also um, heart conditions that can affect the um, health of the gums. So can we talk a bit yes. about what kind of heart conditions might yes. affect gum health? Sure. So um, you see, as mentioned with diabetes, they have found this strong link and association and the fact that uh, diabetes, uh, poorly controlled diabetes and periodontitis affect each other. And there's been this uh, significance between them, sort of causation relationship. When it comes to heart conditions, you know, the, the heart condition uh, is sort of could be a lot. It could be atherosclerosis, coronary uh, artery diseases, myocardial infarction, stroke, all of this they have found more an increased association. So they can't, so there, the studies, no matter how many studies there has been done, there may have been done sort of on animals or lab or certain case studies. And the reason is because it's very, very hard to do these studies because there is so many factors that is present in both uh, periodontitis patients and heart con patients with heart conditions, such as smoking, again, obesity, um, sort of diabetes, nutrition, all of this combined, you know, has got an effect on both. So it's a little bit hard to just say heart disease causes gum disease or vice versa. But there have been papers that have come out recently showing this strong, strong association. And that has to be taken seriously because. If patient has had a cardiovascular disease and they also have gum disease, periodontitis, they might, might be at a risk of a second cardiovascular disease. Um, or it shows it, there has been now from the epidemiological studies that this link is very, very strong between these two cases. So also bear in mind that patients with uh, heart conditions usually have high blood pressure. And their doctors, their GPs usually put them on calcium channel blocker medications, such as amlodipine, which is very common, nifedipine, felodipine, or now uh, uh, there's also a medication called Adelat. Um, and what these tend to do in the presence, I repeat, in the presence of poor oral hygiene, they tend to exacerbate the response of the gums to plaque. That means 
if I have a heart condition, a high blood pressure, and I'm on these medications, and my oral hygiene isn't great, I might start getting sort of my gums start to swell up and become a little bit puffy, you know, with this medication, and again with poor oral hygiene. Mm -hmm. And managing it is much harder because these patients would probably probably require some form of uh, interventional uh, management later on that could involve possible surgery. So it's very important for patients who are on medications for blood pressure, which is calcium channel blockers, to have a very effective oral hygiene. Sometimes as periodontists, we do request the GP if possible, at their discretion, to see if they can change these to a non-calcium channel blocker. But number one management is effective oral hygiene. And again, it's very important, even though there isn't this causal relationship, so we can't say heart condition, you know, um, uh, a heart condition, if you have a high cholesterol or something, it could cause periodontitis or vice versa. They have shown such a strong association and link that we can't just not you know, um, take it into consideration. It's very, very important to bear it in mind. So again, um, it's very important to see the dentist on a regular basis and dentists will need to be aware of these um, associations as well. Mm. And I've seen these medications. It's very, very obvious the inflammation of the gums and how puffy it becomes. And patients are obviously quite concerned about it. And it's important to know that when their gums do get to this level and they get quite puffy keeping a very good oral hygiene routine becomes then much more difficult for them because you know there's going to be plaque going in all these crevices and it's going to make it very very difficult so catching it early is going to be very crucial yes i mean uh, there's other factors are obviously um important this such as the dosage of the, of the medication how long they've been uh, on it but also the susceptibility um you know, two people could be on this medication, both of them could have the same sort of level of oral hygiene, but one of them could have this genetic susceptibility because they've also now found a link, sort of a genetic link between periodontitis and cardiovascular. They sort of probably share the same genes in one or two aspects. Um, and again, the susceptibility, the immune system's response. So this is very, very important. And that's one of the factors I always say, whenever I'm trying to treat patients for periodontitis, I say the success depends on few factors. One of it is the response of the immune, your immune system to the treatment. So in terms of prevention, because as, as we mentioned, there's a lot of risk factors that sort of predispose you to a lot of general health conditions, such as cardiovascular disease and diabetes, as well as periodontitis. So what can patients be doing to prevent, I suppose, all these conditions and how can they look after their overall health as well as their oral health? Sure. I mean, number one is oral hygiene. I cannot stress the importance of effective oral hygiene because that's where it comes when I mentioned about the immune system. 70% of the success of periodontal treatment lies with the patient. The more they clean, the better the response. And cleaning involves not just the toothbrush, but also using interdental. Uh, brushes or flossing, but obviously patients with periodontitis uh, would need to use brushes. But to avoid that, it's so important because plaque or bacteria tends to build 
where the toothbrush can't get in. So that's mainly in between the teeth. Um, so again, oral hygiene is very important. If a patient is a smoker, um, that's again the other factor that they will need to take into consideration. And it doesn't matter if it's uh, just a normal cigarette or a vape, uh, because there are a lot of people that say, oh, vaping is better. There are studies that are coming up that's showing again that the vape is having an adverse effect on the lining of the mouth and also possibly on the gums. So um, I don't tend to tell the patients you have to stop immediately because if someone's been smoking for 10, 20 years, you know, it's a habit. You can't suddenly say, please just go ahead and stop. You know, mm -hmm. that takes a very strong will. Um, I would tend to tell them, advise them to try and reduce it slowly, slowly with the aim of stopping it. And uh, the other thing, uh, the other uh, factor is obviously, um, nutrition and stress these are things that i uh, believe has also got strong effects um, in management and how successful the gum disease could be um, patients who present with gum disease with periodontitis and have an impeccable oral hygiene a very good oral hygiene and uh, cases like this has happened they present and you, you wonder, with their age, sort of uh, 40 years old, who has, no, who has presented no medical conditions, yet you see there is severe bone loss, severe gum disease. And you wonder, what is wrong? Okay, is there any genetic background? And they say no. This is where I send patients for blood tests. And I teach that routinely to undergraduates, postgraduates and dentists who attend Perry Academy, that it's in these blood tests that you might find an underlying deficiency or systemic condition that the patient would not have been aware of. And these include just a full blood count, which includes the iron level, folate, vitamin B12. That's very important. We have seen a lot of cases of deficiencies in vitamin B12. I also test them for thyroid levels. HbA1c for diabetes, as I mentioned, uh, sugar levels, and vitamin D. And again, patients have come back with, as I said, diabetes borderline, or they have shown elevated levels of this, or a deficiency in vitamin D or thyroid. And once these are managed, obviously these affect the immune system and the same with the stress. So if a patient is really stressed, it doesn't have sort of this direct effect on periodontitis, gum condition, but it affects the immune system and how the immune system responds to treatment. And obviously if the immune system is low, the patient might not get the response that we need. Mm -hmm. um, patients who um, have a genetic susceptibility to gum disease will need adjunctive antibiotics. So we don't routinely give antibiotics just because a patient has got some form of a severe disease unless we feel that there's a genetic background to it. Um, so just to recap, oral hygiene, smoking cessation, diet, nutrition, and sort of if uh, exercise is really, really important as well. Because again, there's been links between obesity, diabetes, heart conditions, and periodontitis. Mm -hmm. And 
routine checkups by the dentist or the hygienist. So I would always advise every three months to see a hygienist. So we see the dentist is on a six monthly basis because that's where they probe to check if there's any gum disease. And as I said, if we if it can be diagnosed or detected early on, it's always better because if periodontitis is not diagnosed or it's in its late stages, this could very highly end up in a patient having a tooth or teeth loss, which is going to affect their function and aesthetics. And then managing that, not only it's harder, but it's more costly. So for a patient to have an implant would cost them more than having all their teeth, for example, if it's got periodontitis, to manage it and treat it. And it's always better to maintain your own natural teeth than have anything such as implant or denture. Obviously, in some cases, it might not be the situation, but in majority, that's what it is. Yes, of course. That's an excellent recap. I think it's like being back on clinic with uh, with you and being tested and learning. I genuinely learned a lot. And I think it's a condition that there's so many factors that go into it. And it's important for people to know, because like we said, it's not going to present with pain immediately. It's going to have very, very subtle signs such as bleeding gums, which can be common and it can be a sign of reversible damage or irreversible. So it's crucial for patients to see their dentist regularly. And if they do need treatment to have it, as soon as possible. Yes. And one of the things that I need to mention is with gum disease, uh, unless it's very advanced, because it doesn't show symptoms, it might not be on the priority list for patients. So a lot of patients might, might actually say, okay, I have crooked teeth. I really want to straighten it. I want to uh, whiten my teeth. No, no, no. I'm not, I, I'm not bothered about the gum condition. But the problem is that gums perio you know the the fibers uh, that connects the tooth to the bone this is the foundation upon which a healthy mouth is based and built upon anything that you build on this if it's weak it's doomed to fail so i'm not trying to scare um your audience but i just cannot stress the importance of gum condition and sometimes i've had patients who come to me and said i don't know why why i'm here why do i have to see you I'm like, okay, just at least you <laughs> And it's only when we probe and then when I show them the radiographs, the x-rays, and when they see the correlation between the numbers that I've called out, you know, with the gum disease and the x-rays, it's then that they say, oh, okay, now I realize what's mm -hmm. happening. So unfortunately, it's a very difficult field to be able to convince patients because it's not something that they obviously see unless it's really advanced and it's right there in front of them. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Malaki. I think it's been a great chat. I've learned a lot personally and I hope our listeners have too. My pleasure and it's been lovely uh, talking to you. And I hope the message is spread across and I'm more than happy to take any queries that might come through you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and hopefully found it useful. I would love to know what you thought of this episode. So feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Dr. Shadi Manucheri. There will be a new episode every week, so please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode. And I can't wait to speak to you soon.